am happy to have with me here today a uh, well-acclaimed group of guests, panelists that have are sp- celebrating some special occasions. Some of them are. Uh, number one, we got defending one of the defending champions in Connor Casey of comicbook.com. Also, the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Connor. And thanks again for coming and celebrating with us here at Hot Tag. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And damn you for making me work on my birthday. But I know. What a we'll, son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll get through it. <laughs> right? And hey, oh, yeah. somebody else celebrating something big is uh, Colin Tessier, a new engagement man, huh? Congratulations, yeah. Colin. And uh, welcome to the debut of the show here on your own site here of WrestleZone. Thanks, Dominic. Very glad to be here. Been meaning to make it work for a while now. So obviously glad to be here and with all these uh, wonderful guests here. So looking forward to a great show today. Also celebrating something in a roundabout way, kind of like I am, is the end of the NFL season after our beleaguered teams have lost and played horribly. It's Zach Haydorn, assistant editor of the PW Torch. Zach, thanks for coming back on the show, brother. You know, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm still sporting the the Bears hat. I'm, I'm just I'm not quite over the season yet, but uh, eventually I'll take it off for something other. <laughs> it's good to be here, guys. Looking forward to this. We'll find something else different. We can yeah, be, yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, we also got another man kind of celebrating some things too. Some uh, recent new debut of a new podcast, The Wiser Wrestling from Podcast He's. I call him a coworker now. It's John Alba. John, thanks for joining us again, brother. Yeah, I'm celebrating the success of the 1998 New York Yankees. So um, <laughs> that's that's what we're rolling with. Um, John, happy birthday, the- Connor. I'm going to stomp you into the ground today. Okay? But John, what about the 2022 <laughs> New York Yankees? What about oh. that? Oh, that would assume there's a baseball season. That's a big assumption. Yeah, let's hope so. so. Let's hope so. Jeez. Yeah. We have the video game, so we can at least do that, I think. Mm. And it's co-op mode now, too. So, mm. all right. So we got some uh, news cycling through this whole past week and then some. So we're going to do this kind of all encompassing like we usually do. If you're not familiar with the show, it's uh, basically around the horn, just wrestling related with wrestling writers, journalists and personalities. So let's go around the ring and do the hot tag, starting off with our first topic. And that will be we're going to start off with Cody. Big news, probably the biggest news maybe this week. You could make a huge argument for anything else a lot of the times. But Cody's supposed exit from AEW. I want to just overall get your guys' thoughts on his supposed exit. There's been some reports, um, even recent reports on Fightful, uh, just stating that um, he, you know, some of the people thought it was a work initially. And then that's going back and forth. And it got confirmed that uh, he's in talks to WWE. Lots of stuff going on here. Really interesting stuff. Tony Khan issued a statement. Lots of different things going on. So let's get the take on Cody's supposed exit. And where do you see it all going? Connor, let's start with you. Defending champion and birthday boy. So as far as AEW goes, it's it's a pretty massive loss. The amount of work he was doing backstage, uh, having the Nightmare Factory gym open as kind of a mini feeder system into the company, his running of the community outreach program, the work he was doing with Warner Media, the countless interviews he was doing with media to spread the word of the company, no matter where he was on the card, he was still one of the front facing people of the organization. So to just dismiss the fact that, yeah, but his booking for the past nine months or so wasn't great. That's not taking into account everything that was happening when the cameras weren't rolling. What we don't know is how big of an impact it's going to be if he actually goes to WWE. I'm seeing a lot of people make these assumptions that, oh, he's immediately going to be put in the WWE championship picture, a main event with WrestleMania, on a program with Roman Reigns this summer. There's no guarantee of any of that because Vince McMahon is, if nothing else, a very petty man. He his Cody's rise to star power was not his creation. And the idea that he's going to give 
one of AEW's top guys in main event run is not something Vince McMahon is going to want to do. He's going to look at him and go, hey, you were one of the top guys in this company. Well, compared to my stars, you're a mid-carder. You can't handle some of the big stars that I've got coming in. That's way more his MO than, oh, I'm going to stick it to them by putting the gold on this guy. Yeah, it's it, he's got a track record of that, and it's been shown time and time again. And very rarely does it go the other way, where you know you see Vince uh, put his chips behind somebody that's not his talent. Uh, or an exception like that it could be like somebody like AJ Styles, but that's it's a diamond in the rough sometimes. John, let's get your take on all this. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll take a note on that for a second here. The Vince McMahon thing. I'm not so sure that that will be the case, at least at the very beginning here, because I don't think this is so much a case of. No, look, you've come back to me. You are going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to prove to you that that you had to go out on your own and blah, blah, blah. I think this is more going to be used as an opportunity for Vince McMahon and WWE to say, look at this, your beloved AEW, one of their top guys, their EVPs came back to us voluntarily because he knows that WWE is the place where everything gets done. That's the land of the gods. And that's why Cody will be positioned, at least in the very beginning, in my opinion, towards the top tier of that card. And he's instant car, uh, star power for that company. As far as the AEW departure goes, um, I, I understand what Connor is saying, where there is a tangible effect with what he did with the community stuff, with what he did as far as media and all that. But if you haven't noticed in the last six months or so, if not even longer than that, Cody's role has taken a significant step back in the public light. Cody hasn't been on a media call in almost a year. He hasn't been doing as much public media. His roles as an executive vice president were rolled back significantly. You hear the rumors of miscommunication between the EVPs or lack of communication for that matter. Um, I, I think that really what Cody's departure is more important in the wrestling realm for is now it opens floodgates. It opens floodgates as to, well, is there something wrong in AEW? It opens floodgates into, well, maybe AEW isn't the place where the grass is greener. And I'm not saying any of that's true, but I think that's what's more important with Cody's departure than anything that happens on screen. Because if anything, him leaving opens up more spots for other people. Yeah, that was one of the one silver linings I talked about, too, on my other show. And, uh, you know, it, it opens up spots, but that was the only one I could really think of. Um, Zach, let's get your take. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different things going on, not only, uh, yes, with the behind the scenes stuff on the screen and then the after effects of what might happen with that biggie. Uh, do you think? Yeah. Where do you fall on all this? Yeah, so I definitely fall more in John's camp as far as what I think the impact will be uh, with him going into WWE. I think, you know, the reporting that we've done indicates that, like, at least in the onset of him joining the company, if he does, the he will be positioned in a, in a, in a prominent way. Is it going to be Roman level? Probably not. But, you know, it, 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 it's a prominent way in that he's going to be at the top of the card. I think the bigger key there is what, where is he in nine months? You know, where is he in 12 months? Like that will be the thing to watch because then I think that's when, you know, Vince McMahon, because it is his MO to treat people that way. Dusty Rose, Harley race, like, and so on and so forth. There's, there's a lot of examples that you can speak to as to him being very petty about, uh, about something like that. But, but there, there, there's business at hand now. And I think he wants to use this acquisition to, you know, just remind, remind people that, Hey, 
WWE is a place to go to, and it's a place with a big platform and they can pay big money. And that's, you know, it, it, what I've thought about through this whole process or not process, but through this story breaking is like, it's a, it's a stark reminder that this is, <laughs> it's the pro wrestling business business. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you know, sometimes I think you can get in, in your head about, Oh, well, I'm an AEW fan, a WWE fan. Oh, Cody's about the, you know, the AEW, he, he is AEW. He bleeds AEW. Well, you know, until he doesn't. Right. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think, you know, when we look back at this time, I think it's going to be a really interesting kind of journey to see how he does crossing over back into WWE. If that's, if that's where he goes, because, you know, he's, he's got influence over some people. He's got the ear of, of younger talent and like, he'll be able to jump in on that, on that recruiting effort when it comes time for, for WWE to want to sign some more people. So I think that's impactful as far as his AEW uh, role is concerned. Like I, they're going to miss having somebody around that had, because they clearly had the passion for AEW that he did. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like they'll, they'll miss that any, any organization, any organization would. Um, but from an on-screen perspective, it'll open up opportunities. He'd lost some of his sizzle, you know, on, on camera anyway. So I, I don't know that they'll miss a beat as far as that goes, but I think just having somebody, you know, as an ambassador of the, of the brand and of the company, like he was leave is, you know, you're not, you can't replace that overnight. You really can't. There's a lot of different things. I think he brought to the product, uh, different, unique style, everything. And then you factor in uh, some of the celebrity stuff that he was bringing into it. It really felt big time. Connor, let's get your take. Certainly, last but certainly not least, I want to get uh, your insight on how you feel about all this and where the lay of the land is. You cover NXT a lot. You cover all like everything WWE on WrestleZone up here. So let's get your perspective from this, from an AEW perspective as well as the WWE perspective. It's just so weird, right? Like Cody is AEW out of ways. And to imagine him going back to WWE for any reason really is just, it's hard to fathom. Like, and especially with, the, with their report being that it might be motivated by at least to some degree, like creative frustration. It's kind of funny. Cause like I, I made a joke about it when I first saw report, like going to WWE is not th- these days, especially is not a way to alleviate uh, creative frustration. So, uh, and with that in mind, like if it's about the money, yeah, you can't blame the guy. He just had a baby girl and like, he wants to do it for this family. Like, okay. But to with this idea that it's you know, at least partially motivated by creative frustration, again, it, it just seems very ironic to me. Uh, I definitely agree with the sentiment that, uh, this very much seems, um, to be a loss for AW, uh, with the PR perspective, with the, uh, the community outreach he was doing with, with the fact that he was doing a lot of, um, even, even indirectly, you know, he was on the go big show. He had that going for him with Warner media and everything like there, there's definitely a loss there. Uh, but also on the flip side, when it, there is the fact that his, his booking, uh, has been very inconsistent and, you know, a, a fair point of criticism, criticism, even though I think it got better towards the end. I mean, it's unfortunate that if he does leave, we're not going to be able to see the a will he won't he heel turn kind of play out because that was very, very compelling. And now to have just for the, the, the that's abruptly uh, again, if, if he does leave, that that's ending. Uh, that's disappointing because he was really doing some interesting stuff. And I definitely agree with the idea that uh, if he does go back to WWE, the most interesting thing will be uh, where he stands 
I guess, yeah, like, like nine months from now. Cause yeah, it's easy to say, Oh, he'll go in, he'll be the shiny new toy. But you know, once that kind of glow uh, fades away, he could easily just kind of get the, some of the same treatment that, uh, the, as the others were saying, he gets, you know, kind of shoved in the background or, or you know, may, maybe even made, made an example out of. So I guess overall, it is just very interesting. And it, I, we're all wrestling journalists to some degree, or at least in, the, in that line of work. So in a, in a way, we're all kind of, I would imagine, excited or, or you know, looking forward to just seeing how it plays out because it's, it's a constant kind of point of discussion because there really is no way to know. And until we actually do see him, pop up in WWE if that happens we're very much kind of all waiting on waiting on the edge of our seats because it really does feel like it could go any way but Colin, I want to go to one point that you said you, you said that it was like hard to fathom that Cody would go back to WWE and that's something that I've been seeing a lot of people say and I just couldn't disagree anymore I always thought that if a major name was going to jump back to WWE or jump to WWE I always thought Cody was the guy think about Cody is WWE trained through and through Dusty Rhodes connection to the company through good times and bad times there there is and hard times if you even want to say give me a freaking point for that one uh, that, that's uh that's uh the, the connection is there uh, the wwe style he popularized that on the independent scene we weren't seeing that on the indie scene then cody goes out has wwe style matches on the indies everyone's like wow you could do this as you can do it well uh, the five-star match with dustin rhodes is a wwe style match that just had a little more blood so I always found that so fascinating when people would be like, I could never imagine I was Cody. I totally thought that that could happen. And now the opportunities, whether Cody elevates into that Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar tier, which I don't think he does, but I could see him being maybe a step above Seth Rollins. And I even post this on social media. Who's to say that the relationship doesn't become a little chummy and maybe Cody one day is given the keys to the NXT developmental system, just like his father had. And all of a sudden he can do the things that he wanted to do at the nightmare factory in the style of wrestling that he learned. Seconded. And I, 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 I think another thing to, to like, you know, kind of psychoanalyze Cody with this a little bit is, you know, when he, when he went on this journey, left WWE, I'm going to make the list. It was, it was all to better, like, Yes, he kind of had this mission, the revolution, right? But a lot of it was self-serving too. In that, like, hey, yeah. I, I want to, I want to grow. I want to be at the top of. The I park. can be I, a top guy. I can mm -hmm. be a top guy, main eventer, and you know. So I think, like, you know, if he's got this opportunity where, all right, he's going to be a, a a better paid star or a better paid act in, in WWE. Like, nothing really about Cody's history would tell us that he wouldn't jump at that opportunity because he has throughout his throughout his career um and so i think you know it's kind of in a way it's surprising because yes he, he created AEW that was his baby but it's par for the course in a lot of ways for him to to better himself financially and and from a position standpoint so yeah um i guess a second john on that guys here's the problem is that cody's departure from aew jumping to wwe is not existing in a vacuum Pri days prior to this news breaking reports were coming out about the locker room inside wwe the morale being at an all-time low and with statements coming out that unless you're one of like the top four guys they simply don't care about you nor do they care about whether or not your storylines make sense Vince mcmahon himself sees no issue with the current product and as somebody that has to cover monday night raw every week i'm seeing the anti version of the smackdown six each week between rk bro bobby lashley seth rollins and kevin owens i want to claw my eyes out if i see those five in any sort of combination again between now and 2025 you act like cody rhodes coming here is going to fix all of that is that he 
is going to somehow be immune to all of those issues. And simply put, he is not. His last name is not Reigns, and he is simply not one of Vince McMahon's creations. And John, the idea that he is going to be the one that gets the Reigns to NXT when you Oh, that was not me saying that's going to happen. I said that that's just when a, a hypothetical situation. What has here, happened but, over the last year? That place <laughs> has become 100% constructed to be the spinning image of exactly what Vince McMahon well, wants it to be. Every who's to say that that's something that happens anytime soon? Pritchard now. There is but, not going to happen with Cody suddenly getting the reins. Things. No. But that, first off, that, that that's not something I'm saying. Oh, it's happening next year. I'm saying maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years you think down Cody's the line. Gonna, Cody not, said himself but, he's retiring at forty. So what the hell makes from, you think from he's in ring competition? From in ring competition, around for another eight years. But, but here's here's the other thing that here's the other thing that Cody has that those other guys that you just mentioned. How you said nobody can influence Vince McMahon. Cody has an unprecedented amount of leverage that no other talent that has come into WWE since the existence of WCW has had. He was an executive vice president in a competitor, and whether Vince McMahon wants Vince to admit McMahon a will let him walk not, like he let Eric Bischoff walk, like he let Dusty Rhodes walk. He he's had plenty of people in positions of power in other companies, and you know what they all wound up doing leaving but cody has something that those guys didn't have they have good he has goodwill and he's goodwill with the locker away like something there there is no cachet in that with goodwill but we we have no proof of that in the modern setting hulk hogan had goodwill and then left what Cash means nothing what hulk hogan had goodwill at one point, he did. With who? With Vince in 83? Yeah, he had goodwill. I'm talking about from the boys, from other people, from other employees. What? Holy Jesus, move on. Yeah, what? Nate Cachet. Well, I mean, there's a lot to take on from this. And uh, I kind of still want to hang on to this topic a little bit because you look at certain things, to Connor's point even, the uh, the Rhodes name was part of NXT, but it was also a featured character that uh, got demoted when uh, he put his hand up in front of Stephanie's face. Uh, and there's also certain things that come come into play when you think about, okay, yeah, uh, a star returns or a star shows up. Uh, look what happened with Sting coming to WWE. And then on top of that, also look at, hey, if anybody was primed and ready to take over NXT, was it not Triple H? And his star is luster is gone it's like a little bit so uh to kind of think cody's gonna leap in here and be pro be a proactive force into it i it raised little eyebrows for me let's go from here though the way i want to challenge this is um i want to go around again and say give your perspective how on a level of one to ten how much could you consider this to possibly be a work and number two do you see cody indeed signing with WWE? So let's go with Zach starting this one. Uh, whether it's a work, one. And yes, I see him signing with WWE. Okay. Connor? I mean, yeah, Connor? In terms of a work, it's a zero. It is 100% real. The And the odds of him signing with WWE are incredibly likely because Ring of Honor, NWA, none of these people are going to suddenly hash out a bunch of money and try to match what he was asking for from AEW or what WWE could potentially offer him in terms of finances. So you, Leon, yes? Yes. Yes. He's going WWE. Colin? 
I'll go a one for the work because it again it just seems so weird. Like it just again it's just all these and the, the, it seems kind of ongoing. Like new details are coming out. And like it all just seems odd to me. So I'll go for a one. It seems very very unlikely, but not impossible. Um, but yeah, as, as Connor just said, if, if he is leaving, there's nowhere else in the wrestling world he could go um, mm-hmm. other than WWE. In, in my in my line of thinking, like no one else could offer him the kind of money he's probably looking for. So uh, I, I would very heavily lean on the fact. They would, if he's leaving, it would be to go to, to WWE. All right, John, let's go with you. Close it out. Yeah, I mean, I'd say negative 50,000 on the number scale that it's a work because I mean, it's 100% a real thing. Um, if he's going anywhere, it's WWE. But I, I do want to say, like, there is always the possibility that at the last second, negotiations could fall through with WWE. Then there's a mending of the fence. We see it in pro sports all the time. It happens. Uh, do I think that will happen? No, I think he is WWE bound. Right. Yep. I mean, you do see uh, certain aspects in pro sports, too, where uh, an athlete is checked out, uh, maybe of a team or of a sport in general, and then they just go away for a little bit, too. And, and too, Dom, think about this. Players that want to cash in, they might find a team that's not very good, but that they're willing to invest money because they want that star attraction, which you could draw that equivalent to WWE right now, where we know WWE is a quality of product right now is, is nowhere close to what it can be, but they're willing to dish the money out. And Cody's like, all right, here's an opportunity to go get that big payday. It's going to be his last chance to get a big payday uh, at that level during his career. So why not cash in? Can I just point out something? uh, Sure. Part of of this is it's part of the reason I'm like having a, a, a hard time, like really digesting it is WWE fired dozens upon dozens of people last year for the sake of quote unquote budget cuts. And you're telling me they're going to dish out millions upon millions, like presumably a big money deal to a guy again with all these like question marks and these things we're kind of thinking like you know again these these uh concerns and to me not to you know put out there but it's like if they if they reach a deal or this big money deal that would seem to suggest the uh kind of inherent consequence that they're gonna have to do that again in a way to kind Mm -hmm. of even the scale on it, I guess, you know, where it's like, if they want to dish out that big money deal uh, and still like kind of protect the bottom line and, and uh, maintain the profit as they did in 2021, seems to kind of be like a, a cause and effect, uh, even indirectly that that might be um, one of the, one of the potential downsides of this, uh, you know, re, uh, reunion between Rhodes and WWE. It's a crazy budget, topic. Go ahead. Budget cuts, budget cuts, man, budget cuts. What, what are you making cuts in your budget for? Are you opening your budget to sign more talent like like a Cody Rhodes? Uh, so people people put this like hard cap, like a salary cap on a budget, but that's not necessarily what a budget means. A budget might mean we're cutting some names to sign a big name. I mean, that's the flexibility of the but then the next time cuts. you But then the next time you're doing budget cuts, you flip right around and go, oh, who's making the Connor, most? I'm not oh, saying Cody? it's ethical. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying it's ethical. Oh, meanwhile, I'm not, while they're doing I'm not this... Meanwhile, while doing this, guys like Mustafa Ali are begging to leave, and they were hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's incredibly hypocritical. But well, and I think too, guys, I like think it's it's also it's also all, all a matter of perspective too, because you have the Mustafa Ali's out there in WWE, but you also have Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, who mm-hmm. re-upped, re-signed, like so it's leverage, you know, it, yeah. I mean, it's 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 everybody's has their own like perspective on. And, and not just perspective, but where they stand in, in the company. Like it's, I don't think it's a prudent use of Mustafa Ali. He's infinitely more talented than he's given credit for. And like, and the way they utilize him is just poor period. But 
you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are, are positioned higher. And so, you know, they don't, uh, yeah, clearly they don't look at their time in WWE as, you know, a failure or a waste because uh, they're, they're going to be there for, for uh, a while here. So I, I think it's careful to, we have to, you know, be careful. Just it, it's, you can't apply one same thought across every piece of talent because everyone's different. And also to connect that to something John said earlier, you know, like this uh, could open the gateway to this idea that AW is, it, it's not the, a place where the grass is always greener. It's like, we're seeing Kevin Owens resign where he was a guy that everyone and their mother thought he would be going to AW and he didn't do it. He resigned. He got this, you know, a, a big contract. And now, you know, if Cody Rhodes comes back uh, to WWE, that's something that, you know, kind of uh, it comes, becomes part of that puzzle where it's like, okay, we're seeing these, you know, big stars choose to either stay or come to WWE whereas for quite a while now the narrative has been oh AEW is the place to go like everyone wants to go there whereas maybe now Owen Zane and potentially Cody Rhodes could kind of you know as I said earlier maybe bouncing the scales in this sense of like oh maybe maybe there is something to be said for uh going to WWE or staying in WWE uh despite uh, as we've all been saying kind of the, the product and so maybe it's just some of the other um downsides you know it is kind of an interesting possibility to see that dynamic change a little bit all boils down to cash and creative. And WD has got a lot of cash. The creative is a little sp- suspect, <laughs> to say the yes. least. Um, yeah, I, it's going to be a wait and see. Uh, our editor, Bill, I got to say, did mention Cody Wildback said, get ready for a wild ride. And so this is the start of what seems to be a wild ride. So uh, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. But I guess this brings us to a good segue when it comes to AEW in general. Uh, just this week. Okay. So last week on dynamite, as of this recording, they had, so they were number one cable. And then this week they drove like a, what an 839,000. Was that it? Um, in, yeah. in viewership. So, uh, a significant drop in a little bit of ways third on cable, but still kind of a thing to note about. And on top of that, Signing a lot of people. We saw the debut of Keith Lee last week. Uh, you see Red Dragon coming into the fold, but then you don't see them too, too much either in certain ways. Uh, so I want to get your guys' perspective on AEW. Um, what, how would you handle this bloated roster? And moving forward with, with a loss like Cody Rhodes, how would you progress as a company to keep your name brand relevant? John, let's start with you this time. I don't think AEW has to worry about keeping the name brand relevant. I think the brand is incredibly relevant and for the rest of time will be relevant, whether it's in business or not. It's this company that did something historic and provided a legitimate alternative to WWE for the first time since WCW. So I I don't think it has to worry about keeping its name relevant uh, in any sense, even when you do have a drop. I'm surprised because I thought that episode of Dynamite this week was exceptional. And I thought that uh, the way it was promoted too, as, as a really great, and and Connor was there in person, it seemed like a great live show too. Um, But uh, you know, I think what AEW did last night, on that show was a great example of what it should be doing, showcasing guys like Lee Moriarty in matches with the likes of Brian Danielson, having Santana and Ortiz in a, in a big match against a legend like Chris Jericho, rotating guys in like that. I think that's a very effective way to get your different members of your roster uh, prominent TV time. I, I think truthfully, the most effective way that AEW is going to be able to showcase its big roster is whenever it launches or whenever it signs on with a streaming platform where you'll have more accessibility to not just the archive, but uh, more on-demand access to shows like Dark, maybe some exclusive 
content to the streaming services that are more than just enhancement matches. I believe that's when AEW will really get to flex its muscle on showcasing the size of its roster. And I do think that's coming. I don't think it's that far away, quite frankly. And I think that will help you, especially when you have guys like Keith Lee, coming in where you can maybe cut deals with uh, independent promotions to get footage from him and whatnot and, and showcase talent even more like that. Yeah, indeed. Interesting points, especially the streaming part of it. Uh, Zach, let's get your take. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the, the, the drop in the, the ratings go, I mean, ratings are going to ebb and flow. I, I don't think you can really pull a lot from, from one week, especially last week, they had a, a ton of buzz as to what the surprise is going to be. And like the forbidden door is going to be broken down and, and you had Tony Khan everywhere in media kind of hyping that up. So, you know, that look, you, you can't have a show like that every single week. I mean, that would, that would, exhaust your exhaust your audience exhaust your creative so I, the rating is what it is and it's you know third is still strong nba is going to be strong every week so i don't read too much into that i think i think aw has done a pretty good job of of kind of managing the the talent that they that they have G- generally speaking i think they can do better in certain ways and the first way is i you know you have a lot of people that are like in like that top ish tier right like you've got adam page of course adam cole you had cody cm punk mjf you know like and so it it, i don't want to say it's 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 muddy up there but it's like i think you really want to define as you go along here who who really are the tip top tip top tip top guys and i think that's important i think it starts with the world title and to me like there's nothing wrong with having an ensemble cast an ensemble company and that's what aw is right now but when you choose to go that route and it's got its pros and cons but a con of that is you the world title takes a back seat to some other things that are happening and or is positioned in the same way as like you know an mjf punk feud or or something else that's that's happening and so it's a it's a kind of a occupational hazard when you try to book on in an ensemble way but i would really try to find an avenue to make that world title stand out and make that person holding it like the tip top cream of the crop, like the guy um, in your, in your company. And um, I think if you do that, you, you, you kind of, you set up the rest of your company to be chasing that top spot, whether that's in storyline or just in general, as you're trying to manage talent, like everybody knows that that tip top spot is where, is where I want to go. And right now, that's a little undefined. So I, I wish they would do that because I think the world title needs to be the most important thing on your show. Call me old school, but I, I don't think it'd be hard for them to pivot that direction either because they have it on a strong candidate in Adam Page. Yeah, a, build, a star you want to build around too. Uh, and that's they're really putting the jets behind. Uh, Colin, you're covering all those three brands of WWE. It's a lot of talent on there. Uh, AEW's only got the two shows. You don't count the YouTube ones. Uh, where do you fall in all this? I definitely agree with Zach, especially the part about uh, the world title. I think when Kenny Omega was the champion, the show really evolved around the title. And I agree that I feel like that's the way it should be. You know, your world title, uh, at least again, my, my opinion should be kind of the, the main drill, the main story. And then uh, that was the case with Hangman ch- uh, chasing the title, winning the title, even with the, the dance and stuff to a degree, I think it maintained that. 
but like the Lance Archer feud really felt like at times kind of the, the fifth most important thing on the show when, when you had um, and any number of things that I kind of to focus on otherwise MJF and Punk all these things like that was the main event of the one show in Chicago whereas you know Hang- Hangman and Archer like it just, it just didn't feel as important and it's in some ways it just felt lesser than uh, and that's one way and even though there's there's a benefit to doing that ensemble approach where you've got different things you can you can justifiably put in the main event spot you know MJF Punk should have been the main event and it was but I'm saying you know that was one of the downsides of that was pushing the world title to the background um, I mean, it's interesting, you know, thinking about trying to balance all, all of this talent and they keep adding more and more and more. Keith Lee, last night, there was a very, very clear tease of Buddy Matthews. And that, that's kind of the report going around now that he might be on its way. And he's a guy I've wanted to see sign VW for a long time. Pretty much as soon as he got released, I was like, oh, he's got to go there. And that hasn't happened. So the fact that he could be going there, potentially working with Malachi Black, that's very exciting. But there's like... As, as, as exciting as it is, and as much as I want to see him go there and some other names as well, like there's, there's, there's just, it's bittersweet, right? Because you keep adding more and more talent and you, you've got that initial buzz and excitement and it's, oh, it's, oh, it's so cool. It's a great debut and you got that buzz going, but then it's this kind of self-perpetuating problem of like more free agents and uh, it makes it even more difficult to balance this talent. So then they almost have to lean on that ensemble approach. And then again, there, there are, um, you know, negative sides to that whether it's the world title whether it's you know the fact they still were only doing most weeks only one woman's match on dynamite and or rampage like that remains a very you know an ongoing problem that they haven't addressed yet and not to excuse it but when you've got so much talent granted the woman's decision itself has so much talent as well uh, a lot of these these problems or or uh, issues are just kind of ongoing with kind of no end in sight especially um, you know, some of the free agents that are, are newly able to sign Keith Lee, you know, he was signed pretty much right when his uh, non-compete clause expired. Um, it just feels like these problems are, are going to keep going. So as exciting as it is to imagine Buddy Matthews, uh, a guy like uh, Killer Cross comes to mind, whoever it might be, all these free agents that are out there, um, there, there, there are downsides to that. And I think that Unfortunately, I don't know if, if I see it getting better because I think at Tony Khan, if I, were, if I were in his shoes myself, I'd be like, oh, let me pluck this free agent. Let me like get busy. You mentioned keeping the brand relevant. I agree with John who said, you know, the brand will be relevant no matter what, but getting maintaining that buzz, getting those free agents is a way to do that. But there, there's definitely a cost of doing that as well. Connor, I have a hunch. Maybe you got a little pushback with some of this stuff. Where, where, do, you, where do you fall on this? couple things. Um, as far as the ratings go, there's no need to panic. You lost a back-to-back NBA games on ESPN. There is no shame in that. No. As far as the structure of the roster, I think one of the great damages that WWE has caused over the past two decades is that it damaged an entire generation into thinking that if you're not featured on every show every week, you just might must Agreed. not be a star. Yeah. NXT Agreed. actually had this nailed down back when they were in their network days yeah. and that not necessarily every wrestler of every major storyline had to be featured every week. Sometimes they just weren't on and that was okay. And it's okay. Now, as far as how you keep this roster from getting too over bloated, Tony Khan approaches this thing like he does a sports team, albeit his Jaguars have been have been suffering, but a lot of other teams take a similar approach and they do okay. So as he's going to look at the guys that are perennially stuck on dark, the ones that just simply aren't contributing, aren't driving merchandise, and he's not going to release them. He's just not going to sign them to new contracts. And that's okay. As far as 
you know, if the AEW World Championship is a big enough deal, the way that SmackDown is structured right now, it's that exactly two people matter and nobody else does. Whereas with AEW, you have 20 people and they all matter, even though one of them holds the world title. One of the biggest pops last night was Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen and just the dueling chant of let's go, Sammy, let's go, Darby. I was in there. That was just as loud as Punk walking out there, just as loud as MJF walking away, just as loud as some of the craziest stuff Thunder Rosa pulled out. It's not a bad thing to have a plethora of talent that you all want to see, even if they're not all necessarily in that main event. And guys, if we're all freaking out about Hangman Page's run right now, he's had two freaking classics with Brian Danielson, a match with Lance Archer that, yeah, if it's the filler arc of his title run, fine. It was a hell of a match. And now we're right back in the main event with him and Cole. So that part's fine too. As far as the brand going forward, it's just, they need to keep conveying that everybody you see on Dynamite matters in some way, shape, or form. And they do that by having the wins and losses matter. Say what, it, what you will about the ranking system, but at least they stick to it. And just continuing to move forward and to the point where fans, everybody has their own favorites. And even if it's not the Roman Reigns of the company, they're still going to get excited when they see him on TV. And they're still going to pop. Because in the Attitude Era, a ton of people matter. Not just Austin. Well, and I just wanted to say that too. Like if you look at the fibers of Dynamite and how the show is physically produced as a television show, it's a lot of rapid fire. Like let's get this in, let's get this in. And a lot of that is done in an effort to showcase guys similar to how Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara tried to get a lot of guys showcased in the Attitude Era. But the point that I want to make, and I don't even really care about Hangman on this side of the argument, who made event to Dynamite last night? It was Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen, And both of those guys are homemade AW guys that everyone was like, well, you know, we got to see this company making stars in this bloated roster. Well, those are two guys who are going to help carry that company for the next decade. And oh yeah, by the way, Cody helped make them in the process too. Just uh, just, just a little thought there to add on. Chopping that in there. <laughs> <laughs> for when he takes over NXT developmentally. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, I really feel yeah, yeah, a lot. All you guys made really great points in regards to some of this stuff. And I fall in a, in a line of somewhere in between with all that, because I look at the things where uh, you have. Um, yeah, you're showcasing that talent. You're showcasing guys and everybody seems important. I think that's super, duper valuable with things. And like for, to Connor's point about like Darby Allen getting the same pop punks basically getting and same with Sammy. It really speaks to that level of all across the board. Some issues I do kind of have is the length of matches. They're a lot of the same. A lot of the same like lengths that every match goes a certain amount of time. It seems you'll get a squash match here and there. But for the most part, there's part of the line. You know how long a match is basically going to go. Um, and then therefore that kind of leads to certain aspects of to Zach. What I think what Zach really hammered home was like stars and certain people where you want to will it down to the, the select few of stars that really mean a lot. And I don't think, I think that's something that the, it's a, it's a big challenge for them with this ensemble cast. I keep using uh, with Marcus on my brother on two down of my dudes. I say, Hey, almost use like this volleyball kind of, mentality where you rotate people in and out it's to connor's point where a contract expires you let them go and th that's it kind of thing but that doesn't mean you can't bring them back and that doesn't mean anything like that so uh but you keep your core talent there and you want them to make a focus whether they're wrestling or not that week still make them relevant in the mind nxt did a very good job of that back in the day i thought that was a great point but yeah um as far as anything else anybody else want to add anything on to this topic before we move on no 
All right, cool. Well, another interesting aspect. Rumors swirling around WWE, uh, courtesy of Fightful Select, happens to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, rumored to be coming back to WWE in talks of a, a deal coming at WrestleMania or something. Uh, I just want to get your guys' thoughts, basically, on Austin coming back. How would I think the big thing I think about is Austin was a talent that has said, hey, I want to come back if there's like a story that means a lot and the opponent is right. And for years on end, this, these past few years, he's basically said he's not coming back. But now we have these reports. Uh, John, we had an interesting little talk to you off the air a couple of days ago. Let's start with you on this topic and see where you stand. Where do I stand on it? I mean, I, I think that this is amazing that we're talking about Cody and AEW when like this is insane. Like this is insane. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin, the most over guy in the history of professional wrestling in a bubble in a certain period of time. The most over guy. It's wild. And I just it's one of those like when pigs fly kind of things. Right. But I think if the rumors are true that Kevin Owens is the guy and if you're watching WWE TV, you, you might be keen to think that I think Kevin Owens is the perfect person to go in there and have a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the kind of guy that can protect Stone Cold Steve Austin. He can go toe to toe with him on the microphone, with which not a lot of guys can say that they do. They're both blue collar, right? That's a huge impetus of Stone Cold Steve Austin getting over in the first place is that he was a blue collar character. And that's exactly what Kevin Owens is as well. The stunner for stunner t- sells itself in a story. And most importantly, Kevin Owens, and we keep talking about this. I did a whole thing on this when the Royal Rumble happened, and you couldn't buy that anybody was a real star outside of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens working with a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin in his return match at WrestleMania elevates Kevin Owens into that next tier, especially if he wins. So that's the proper usage of your legends. This is not Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Goldberg. This is not Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar. A guy like Kevin Owens benefits greatly from a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the issue with Kevin is like how he's been positioned moving up to this. And you only have a month and a half left to kind of do this if you're really pulling the trigger at WrestleMania here. Um, Zach, let's go with you now. This is a major deal. You know, I mean, if it happens, it's 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 major news and a major development and you know, big for WWE and for this and for, for this WrestleMania, for sure. Um, you know, obviously I want to see it. Like, I mean, it'd be, it's, it'd be something else. I, my, my thing here is I don't want WWE to hedge and have it be, okay, he's coming back for a match, but then they get there and it's just like this, you know, walk and brawl, a couple stunners, beer bash, and, and, and that's it. And so I, I really think that, setting expectations on whatever they're going to do is supremely important in this instant, because if you say match, it means something else than just Austin beating up Kevin Owens around Texas and giving a couple stunners. And so either way, I I think you can work that out just fine. Like either direction that you go, I think you can tell um, you can tell a good story and you can make it work, but how WWE frames that return is going to be very important into what the expectations for his appearance, uh, what those are uh, when we get to actual WrestleMania. But I mean, either way, I think it's going to be really, really effective. We'll see what they do. 
Connor, what about you? I'm going to cite an interview he did with Chris Jericho on the Talk is Jericho podcast in April of 2021. This is a short quote. And to me, going back for one more match, man, why? What am I proving? What are they going to remember? It ain't about the money. For a man who ha- with such who has such a that was actually his quote, John. So while uh, oh, like I know. That, I'm just like saying, but doesn't <laughs> care about I'm the money. <laughs> and for a man that has such a zero fucks attitude on television, he has cared so much about what other people think about him for the entirety Definitely. of his career. From Definitely. throughout his run on top, he was obsessed with his position and how he was pre- being perceived by fans. He walked out when they thought that they were going to damage that with Brock Lesnar in 2002. His legacy now is as one of the absolute best to ever have done it. One of the biggest stars. And part of that legacy is that his finale was perfect. There's no notes coming out of WrestleMania 19 in that third match with The Rock. That is the perfect way to end it. And if you come back, it's Jordan with the Wizards. You look at guys like Shawn Michaels, Goldberg, Kurt Angle, his brother in Broken Necks, Ric Flair. These guys all came back after the retirements for just a little bit more, and they've been disasters. Undertaker, one of his buddies, stuck around just a little too long and about near died in Saudi Arabia because of it. He has nothing to prove. He doesn't need this. If they if they book him in a match and start promoting it, what are people going to expect? They're not going to expect Undertaker versus Cena at WrestleMania 34, where it's a three-minute squash match. No, they're going to want a classic steve austin match and for as great as kevin owens is steve austin is 57 has not wrestled since 2003 and kevin owens can carry him to something but it's not going to be what fans are hoping it's going to be so send him out there have him do a stunner that's it have kevin owens walk out with the mic motherfuck everybody in the at&t stadium have the glass break austin walks down oh you son of a bitch stunner beer bath flip off the crowd send him home happy you need nothing more. You know, it's. I think they're creating a lot of buzz for Dallas, obviously, with these rumors. And it's going, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's creating this excitement. And expectations are going to just be there with your biggest wrestling star you've ever basically created outside of, like, The Rock. And you can make arguments for that. Uh, Colin, where do you fall on all this with Austin coming in, who he might be facing? And, yeah, just being in WrestleMania for the, the geez, a 19-year hiatus. Just like the Cody thing, it, it's so weird, right? It's been 19 years, and, and like Connor said, like people are going to oddly expect an actual match, but yeah, Kevin Owens could carry him to something, but I don't see it doing anything to help his legacy, uh, Austin's legacy. I mean, 19 years, yeah, it wasn't ideal to have his career end kind of you know, at a time when you know he was still a top star, but now to come back 19 years later, like, to what like why you know uh if it's the money like okay but um it's just weird man like and, and if anything kevin owens makes sense i think ever since owens started using the stunner everyone thought oh you know cool battle the stunners like there, there's an appeal to that it's texas at the very least it's texas if it wasn't texas like it'd be even weirder because then it'd be really like all right what are we even doing here um, if it's not Kevin Owens, I think Austin Theory makes sense, given the, the Vince McMahon thing. I, I know that sounds weird, okay? I know that sounds weird. Like, Austin Theory does not deserve that match. The dork but... that just got punked by It's Lesnar Austin's, pal. <laughs> the dork, he looked like an absolute, not to quote Alvarez, but he looked like a dork. And you're going to put him in the ring with Austin. 
No, okay, okay. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm saying from a purely like creative loose, standpoint, how they booked logical. it, how they yeah. booked it so yeah. far. That, yeah, that's the only thing yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. Yeah, that's all. I just want to to, to Connor. Connor used the buzz term that I was waiting for somebody to bring up. He said a classic Stone Cold match. That people are expecting a classic Stone Cold match. What is a classic Stone Cold match? What does a classic Stone Cold match, the fibers of a classic Stone Cold match, look like? Well, here's what it is. What's uh, well, no, no, post, but that's not when Stone Cold Steve Austin was most. Those are classic classic Austin matches. Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin was most over post neck injury when he became the top star in professional wrestling because he wasn't the top star in pro wrestling at that point against Bret Hart. He became Stone Cold Steve Austin that everyone associates best Austin matches. That's one of right, but nobody's no, no. That's not what people grew to become accustomed with. Stone Cold Steve Austin as the top guy. What got Stone Cold Steve Austin was this: he'd go into the ring. Babyface heat gets on his on the heel, beats the living crap out of them. Then all of a sudden, it's 15 minutes of him selling. He's not taking any power moves because of his neck. It's brawling. He's selling. He's selling. He's selling. Come back. Luthez press stunner. One, two, three. Stone Cold Steve Austin at 57 years old can do that. And also, he's in the best shape of his life right now. He has said that you're talking about quoting Stone Cold Steve Austin. He has said that on multiple occasions that right now he is physically in the best shape of his Ask life. Any now, wrestler best that shape takes different than ring shape. Times off, it takes one bump. Uh, well, to I just, just said, remind you just well, how good of a shape well, you think you're in. Who's who's to say that Stone Cold Steve Austin hasn't been getting in ring shape? But anyway, my point here that I'm bringing up is that he can work that style of match. He doesn't need to be taking the the apron power bomb from. Kevin Owens for it to be an efficient match. Plus Sting, who had spinal stenosis, which you can make an argument is just as bad as uh, the neck injuries that that Austin had. Uh, he's out there taking power bombs. Kurt Angle's neck was worse than Stone Cold Steve Austin's. He was out there doing stuff, and that's not saying, oh, that's what Austin should do because those guys did it. But my Angle's point is, the barometer has changed. A bit. He said as much. And you're you're com- you're coming at it like, oh, I hope it's like Kurt Angle. We saw. No, I'm not saying I'm, I never said I hope it's like Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle was also working matches like up. that with his neck for the second half of his entire impact run. So I I, I don't I, I just saying you said a classic Stone Cold Steve Austin match. What got Austin over was not his style with Bret Hart. We say that that's Bret Hart and Stone Cold's best match for sure, but that's not the style that got him over. What got him over was the brawl, sell, brawl, sell, comeback. Anyone can do it. Play the greatest hits. There's nothing wrong with playing the greatest hits. I think the uh, other thing to think about is, ahead, you know, no, is, is the the quote. The, what resonates with me with with that quote is the you know you know come back from for one match and and then what? Because there really, I mean, right now there is no and then what? Like he's not going to have a top run. Like he's not going to be like the top guy that like like anchors the company. So it, I mean, it is what it is, and it is a one off. But if you if we're trying to like read into like what he's actually said, I, you know, uh, unless you know the check is really thick, um, which it could very well be. You know, Austin's a businessman. I I I I just don't know that he'd be fulfilled with a, with a match, you know? And so that's why what I, when I look at this and read the tea leaves, I, I see WWE <clears throat> trying to have their cake and eat it too here. And like, Hey, Austin's going to be back for a match and then come WrestleMania, if it's not going to be. And I think that that would hurt the legacy more than a bad match would. Yeah. Who's to say it's a one-off. Well, Nobody yet, but or, but I mean, I just can't imagine it. I mean, I mean, I just don't now, think he's... This is how you get Goldberg again. 
This is how you get get green. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying realistically thinking here. Who's to say? Nope. Well, right. Those Saudi Arabia shows are are going to be there. Hell yeah, baby. So, you know. (laughs) Well, you look into that, though. Nine more years left on that. (laughs) You look into that. Like, what would have stopped from them getting Austin for that stuff by this point, too? I'm sure Austin will be flipping the bird to all the Saudi Arabia fans, right? Like, I'm sure that will get over. It's I lean really more on the side of it. Just I don't think he's going to have a match. I just don't think he is. I can't put it together. Uh, when you look at Kevin Owens, he's great. I love Kevin Owens, and I think he could be. He could have, and still potentially can, maybe be positioned in a top top role. But I just think it's not going to pack the punch that Austin talked about on that Jericho podcast, or that fans will want to expect. I think the only way is like you get another huge name that's unexpected to show up like a rock and you got guys have two talents coming in with that much layover it's going to be a rough sight so and again the build not enough time i just feel and the only silver i mean the only aspect that really kind of plays into this is it's dallas that's the only reason that's making me think okay possibly but it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards even though that's the reports and stuff like that i can't i can't put it together in my head um I don't know. It's uh, something that was, I mean, I'm not WrestleMania seasons here. And this is a big part of it. So uh, yes. Who? All right. We'll close it out with this topic. Uh, let's go over the points. First, I've kind of let that hang a little bit, but everybody it's very close this time around. Connor, you made some uh, valiant points here and you are tied with Zach with 15. John, you're right behind with 14 and Colin, you're only a little bit behind with 12. So let's see if we can make a run here. Colin, you'll start this topic off. It is, we saw The Rock, speaking of which, cut one wrestling promo to kick off the Super Bowl of all (laughs) things. Holy crap. Uh, Wrestling is everywhere, and it was indeed on the NFL to start it off. Uh, This is kind of what I want to get at. It's a very, I mean, you can go any way with this. But uh, Colin, is Rock the all-time face for pro wrestling with that kind of, just being in the Super Bowl, being the biggest movie star there is, is he? Cons- would you consider him the all-time face of pro wrestling? And give me your points if not. If so, I think so. You know, given that he first kind of ventured in, into the acting world, what was it, like 2001, two thousand one, two thousand two, right around there, and, and like he he was doing that. Then he came back to WWE. Then he left again, and he really, you know, he had some success. Then came back to WWE, then left again, and then enjoyed like new levels of success. And then he's like kind of come back here and there. And obviously he hasn't really been a full-time or even part-time WWE guy for several years now. But I think, you know, when he, when he was at the Super Bowl, you know, it was really seen as this real kind of, I don't know, maybe, if not milestone, kind of a, a big deal for the wrestling world. Cause like, it was, Hey, here's the rock. Here's this former WWE champion, literally giving a pro wrestling promo on national TV, on, like in front of literally the millions and millions of the rocks fans, you know, there's something to be said for that. And, and if not the rock, who you know john cena to a lesser degree i mean he's he's been really really successful lately with peacemaker and everything and all the things he's doing um and and there are other examples as well i mean anytime you you ask kind of a casual fan uh, anytime I, I i tell anyone what i do for a living they're like oh you know like if i said like i, I write about wrestling they're like oh you mean like with hulk hogan and rick flair usually that's like with people that are 50 plus you know but like that's kind of their the rough like association but if not The Rock, I mean, I would say them. But although I would say uh, in 2022, 
I would probably agree. Yeah, it's got to be The Rock. With The Rock, with John Cena, probably is a, probably a, a distant second in my mind, given the their the uh, crossover success um, overall. I think the simple mention like Hulk Hogan and stuff like that, laying the groundwork for a lot of um, 90s kids, 80s kids, everything like that. Um, Zach, let's get you on here next. Uh, is Rock the all-time face of pro wrestling? You know, I, 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 it's close, but he's, he's not. He's not. Hulk Hogan is. And it, I don't want to be saying that. I don't want to be the guy to say that because it's, he's got a lot of issues. But if, you're, if, if you leave those out and you're just talking about you know, the fate, who the face of wrestling is like Hulk Hogan and his run and what he means to the business set, set everything that is happening now up. I mean, without that there, the, the, the rocks is nothing. These platforms are nothing. Um, it's just, and it's not to say there wasn't wrestling before Hulk Hogan. There was, but nobody took it mainstream like like he did and so when i look at just holistically rock is a unquestionably massive star no doubt and i think more successful than hulk hogan was outside of wrestling without question too but when you're talking about that singular face of pro wrestling i i think hulk hogan is synonymous with that form of uh with entertainment so um mm, boy it's gonna cost me some points i think but i, I i'll say hulk <laughs> I I just go by the how you pitch your argument. That's it. <laughs> so, okay. uh, John. So they didn't to push back against Zach. They didn't ask The Rock to do some movie quotes or anything like that. He did a wrestling promo. So when you look at that from that perspective, hey, that's that's a pro wrestling move. So there we go. Uh, wh where do you stand? Yeah, well, I mean, I still think the casual audience that doesn't know much about pro wrestling probably didn't recognize that as a wrestling promo. I think there were probably a ton of people that watched that and heard the millions and millions and didn't necessarily know what he was referring to by that. Of course, for the six to eight million viewers that were watching Monday nights every year for, or every week from, uh, you know, 1997 through 2001 sure we all picked up on that but i think on the mainstream level I'm, I'm not so sure i think in sports culture rick flair is the biggest name and quite frankly i don't even think it's close i think rick flair is kind of transcended sports culture the two clap and a rick flair the the 16 time world champion that's what people look at in pop culture um i i, I tend to agree with zach in that hulk hogan is like the visual representation of pro wrestling, just even his name, right? The moniker, the name Hulk Hogan sounds like a wrestling name. And I think that's the go-to when people say that. But I also think that if you were to line people up in a row of Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Rock, I think The Rock is the single most identifiable of all of those people. And I think that what it's a result of is as the generation goes on and 10 years from now, I think we'll easily be saying that The Rock is the most influential name to ever come out of pro wrestling. But I think we're still on that path. And what I love that The Rock does that all those other guys, for the most part, shy away from outside of John Cena is that he embraces his wrestling background. Like we see with Young Rock, he embraces it. He talks about it on Twitter all the time. Whereas Dave Batista was like, ah, nah, you know, that's that's none of that. And uh, you know, Sasha Banks doesn't do any billing of her as Sasha Banks or anything like that when she's just doing her Mercedes Renato stuff. I think it's really cool that The Rock has embraced that, and thus I think it lends itself a little bit to the argument a few more years down the line. Yeah, I think that's such a cool aspect that Rock does. Even he'll he'll touch back to wrestlers that aren't in the forefront anymore. Like he gave 
credit to Lance Storm, I remember, and just being like, because Hogan didn't do that with Thunder and Paradise and all that stuff. So. Right, right. It's just like Rock will pay homage to to everybody from top bottom level of the card. Doesn't matter. He, Con- he did a he, he did a oh. Hall of Fame induction for Ken Shamrock. Right on Impact Wrestling of all of yeah. all places. Like <laughs> so weird. Abs- absolutely a goodwill ambassador for wrestling. Uh, yeah. Connor, where do you stand here? John, you mentioned the uh, millions part, but if you actually listen to the quote, he didn't do the millions bit. He just said millions. He didn't wait for the crowd. To respond we like, know what it millions. was. It was an illusion. Come on. <laughs> he didn't, have, but he didn't do it. So he said that's that, an Easter egg too. He's on Twitter. He said, he said it was an Easter egg, egg yes. for the fraction yeah. of people that were because going. Because it's an illusion. It. Exactly. But he didn't outright do it. He just said, and the millions of people watching around the world. He didn't go millions. But that, and that and exactly proves my point, though. It. That ex- that exactly proves my point. That that for us niche wrestling John, fans, we're like, yeah, it's my time. All right. Oh, oh damn! I'm, I'm, I'm teeing you up. I'm teeing you up. I, I agree with. Like, I get it. John, you're the host. Come on. Woo. All right. <laughs> so got some, got some. I don't have a mute button. Facts, got some facts for you. He's the second highest paid actor in Hollywood last year, behind Daniel Craig. He's got a successful clothing line with Under Armour, a successful tequila brand. The co-owner of the XFL. His rap verse on Tech Nine's Face Off got that song to the top ten of Billboard's charts. And between Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, he's got over 360 million followers now. Here's the hard truth about all of that is that more people know him as the guy from the Kevin Hart movies in the Fast and Furious franchise than they do from his time in wrestling from 96 through was it 90 from late 90s up till 2001 and then brief stints coming back after that. The fact is more people know him for his stuff outside of wrestling than they do in wrestling. And the question was not, as John put it, who is the most influential name in wrestling history? It is who is the all time face of wrestling. And here's the simple fact is that rock was bigger outside of wrestling than he ever was inside of it big as he was he wasn't even the biggest name in his own era steve austin was we just sang his praises for 20 minutes you you and then you talk about the the big names from each generation the sam martinos of the world the rick flairs the hulk hogan's the steve austin's the john cena's if you want to make a pick i'm with zach on this as much as i hate to say it it's probably hogan it's over him over austin simply because it was the first generation to really explode into pop culture and he simply had more longevity than austin did if his neck had survived austin would probably have a better argument he doesn't so as far so if you're talking all-time face of wrestling you have to go to someone who was at their absolute biggest in the world of wrestling. Other people, Cena is now experiencing this to some degree on his own. He's starting to get more notoriety for stuff he's doing outside of wrestling, even for as long as he was inside the business. Now, do people know that Rock was a wrestler? Yeah, but more people are probably going to tell you that he was in Hobbs and Shaw and was really funny standing next to Kevin Hart and like the Jumanji movies. Yeah, and how weird. much of an indictment of the industry is that too, Dom? Right, like that the industry has cooled off so much that, like, while pro wrestling is making more money than it's ever made right now, in the mainstream eyes, it's never going to produce someone that's going to get big enough in wrestling alone. Like Roman Reigns is going to be a big star in wrestling, but truth be told, probably, and I, I'm sure you agree, Connor. Like 10, 15 years from now. Roman Reigns has a good shot at reaching that next tier once he cuts his hair, gets, you know, like a little more clean cut. I mean, he's got a chance and it's not because of his wrestling career. Sure, that was a ladder, but it's going to be what happens after that. Dave, Dave Batista and Sasha Banks both 
have mm-hmm. more notoriety now for the stuff they're doing in Guardians and Star sure. Wars than anything they've done in the ring. And WWE didn't even want to promote Guardians. They nope. like, it was they thought so it was silly. Fail. What a slap in the face too to Dave at that point. So silly. <laughs> like, hey, I'm here. I'm in a Marvel movie, guys. I'm back for WrestleMania. Uh, let's not give you any fanfare with that. <laughs> you know, let's not have it happen. Um, yeah, uh, it's crazy to kind of think of how you can make those comparisons because you can make an argument for Ric Flair. You can absolutely make an argument for Hulk Hogan. You could really push for Austin. Like that flame burned. But to that point, the all-time face, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't like saying it either, but Hulk Hogan kind of takes the cake in a lot of ways. But if you're maybe coming from a wrestling outlook and how it's been presented throughout the course of time and stayed consistent, you can make an argument for Flair doing that and laying the groundwork for some of that stuff. Yeah, guys, it's been a heck of a match here. <laughs> heck of a match. So, Colin, you come in fourth but a respect, respectable fourth of 14. We have Zach coming in third with uh, 17. And then we have John second with 18. Connor, the birthday boy, you win again, man. Just by one with 19. Connor, New time. take your time. What's your, what's your, what's your uh, comments here? Two time champ, baby. <laughs> Two time well, I will just say this, as far as WrestleMania season goes, I think it is a huge indictment on the on WWE structure that the two big matches that they're hoping, some of the big matches that they're hoping to get people's excitement are, are a Johnny Knoxville match, a Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match we have seen basically every iteration of, including twice at WrestleMania, and fans hated both of them. Don't try to let that Seth Rollins running at the end try to fix the fact people were not happy that match was happening at 31. Um, and you have an awkward Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, where people are like, who, who am I supposed to like in this? I'm, I'm struggling to, to like someone in this whole equation. WrestleMania 38 is, it, it is in need of just some legitimately eye-catching matchups and they are struggling to find them. And the fact that Austin, Steve Austin, of all people, after nearly 20 years of being out, after consistently saying no to every other pitch anyone has ever made for him to make a comeback, that's their ace in the hole? That's not great, folks. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird time. You know, um, I, I cover I do the, I cover Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, especially for the main roster here. It's just like the, when Goldberg came back, I was like, Come on, man. And, and it's like, it's, 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 it's anticlimactic. They already announced Reigns and Lesnar other than a dark timeline where they have Goldberg win and they do Goldberg and Lesnar and like pure apathy as much. And I love Roman Reigns. I love Roman Reigns. I love what he's doing right now, but that's your big match for WrestleMania. And like, we're just kind of biding our time right now. And then it takes something as crazy as Steve Austin potentially coming back after 19 years and something as, as I, as I put earlier, just so odd and, and crazy to imagine, but Cody Rhodes potentially coming back, potentially getting kind of like fast tracked into some big match for WrestleMania. It, it takes things as as far out there and, and unforeseen as, as those um, previously unimagined scenarios to get generate any genuine buzz for WrestleMania right now. Because previously, as Connor said, you had Roman and Brock, which I mean, I, I, I'll actually say I kind of like at least the different 
presentation this time around, you know, the, the, the head of the table thing and, and more of a face Lesnar, at least that's a little different. But very not in October is, is the problem. Well, okay, that's I know, not I'm even just, new. I'm just saying for WrestleMania, at least, right? But at least we've seen other WrestleManias. And then the Charlotte Ronda thing, it's like, that's just a weird matchup to begin with. And so it's just a weird time. And then if you factor in potentially Steve Austin, Cody Rhodes, it's very, it's going to be a weird WrestleMania season, if nothing else. Be careful, be careful what you say, uh, Colin, because, you know, they may hear something and uh, we might get Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg versus Roman Reigns in a triple threat match at WrestleMania. Oh, if we're not careful. No. <laughs> Gotta go old reliable here. Yeah, because then it'll then it'll be Brock and Roman fighting backstage. It's like I'm not getting picked up for the jackhammer. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that shit ain't happening. (laughs) No. Well, geez, guys, uh, what a show it's been. I love the debate that goes on, and it's uh, I gotta have you guys back. You know, Connor, two-time champ. Uh, Cameron Hawkins is a one-time champ. Everybody's in the mix here on hot tag and we're going to get you back in so john let's get some plugs in for you uh lots of stuff happened over at podcast seat and ad free shows with you huh yeah uh dom you're fired number one uh number two (laughs) 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 uh uh, yeah the extreme life of matt hardy uh the wives of wrestling up for debate over on ad free shows with danny cage one-on-one all that that good stuff uh you know it's funny Connor Casey is legitimately one of my favorite human beings that I met in wrestling. And, and I, I consider him to be a dear friend, but wow. in this arena, I see that cold stare and I can feel the vitriol <laughs> when, when he hears me talking and getting bombastic and he's just waiting and biting and it's okay. It's all good after that. And Zach's just lucky that we didn't get into a debate about Bruce because my God, born in the USA is Bruce's third best album. Tunnel oh, of Love oh. behind Nebraska. I'm looking at his list right now. Just Come absolutely on, brutal stuff. There. We got a you can specialty Bruce hot tag. Oh, <laughs> we got to have it. Let's go. It'll get bloody. Uh, <laughs> oh, you can find me at John Alba, J O N A L B A. Lose the H. H's are indeed for losers. Oh, wow. Hey, uh, Connor, what's going on there at WrestleZone? I'm, you got to get me in the mix here. <laughs> what's happening? I mean, I, I cover Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, news-wise, podcast-wise, and, and overall just constantly on, on the news desk here for us. Zone. But, um, you know, I'm very glad to be here for the hot tag. And otherwise, just uh, leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate all your support as always. And, you know, as I said, it's going to be a very odd and unusual WrestleMania season no matter what happens. So um, as Cody Rhodes put it, it's going to be a bizarre ride. Absolutely. Dom, Dom, you've called Colin Connor like three times. Yeah, yeah I, I've rolled. I've rolled. I'm bit, sorry. You did, you, when you say three times. Now you're talking I about chalk me, it up so. to the accent. Oh, Subtract man. points yeah, from the your Pittsburgh own total, It's the Pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> I got to mute myself. Yeah. Zach, what do you got going uh, on over at the Torch, my friend? Lots of good stuff. Uh, you guys can go VIP at the Torch, pwtorch.com slash go VIP for podcasts and uh, you know, an ad-free version of the website and just some really, really, really tremendous content. Um, follow me on Twitter at Torch and also read my stuff at pwtorch.com. I've got uh, pretty much daily columns up there and also uh, a whole a whole bunch of news and pleasure doing this with you guys dom you clearly didn't get the hundred dollar bill i sent you earlier to for a couple nope. extra points but you know maybe i gotta make that f- <laughs> that envelope <laughs> felt bigger. just a little light i will say yeah, that yeah, I send mine via paypal a blast Th- thanks for having me man again this is uh this is fun guys it's always a pleasure yes this is dominic d'angelo go to wrestlezone.com for all your wrestling news needs oh connor did i not plug you what the heck 
First He's like, call, I call two people here, first Connor. Brutal. And then you I just call him overlook the chair. And then you just ignore me. I, you won the whole thing. Give us your I stuff. Know. I know. <laughs> well, first of all, John, I, I'm right there with you. It is all love. This is just some, this is just some good fun. Um, uh, you can follow me at Connor Casey CB. Got that blue check mark. Help me get oh. 2,000 followers because I'm still chasing that that dragon. Um, you can find all of my work over at comicbook.com on Twitter at wrestling on CB. Um, we've got a bunch of interviews with AEW stars that we did yesterday. I've got Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, Adam Cole, and a really fun one with Paul White and Mark Henry, where I wish more than anything they could have let that one just run for an hour because as soon as the producer looked at me i'm like don't you dare that was way too much fun so give it keep an eye out for that one that'll be on our website and on the youtube here pretty soon all right hey thank all you connors for joining me today i really appreciate it <laughs> um yes this is dominic d'angelo follow me on twitter at dominic d'angelo follow russell zone on twitter russellzone.com go to podcast each for some new podcasts peeking around there we got plenty happening on that as john knows and at free shows, as well as NLW.com if you want to read some of my recaps. Um, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time on the Hot Tag.